Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm William. And we'd like to talk... For just one minute about loneliness. We're all in different places right now. Not just physically, but mentally. And we can all feel lonely sometimes. No matter who or where we are. We can feel it for many different reasons. But we can all help each other feel less isolated and more connected. The past two years have really reminded us of the importance of human relationships. So, if you think someone you know might be feeling lonely, just give them a ring. Send them a text or knock on the door. Maybe suggest meeting for a cup of tea or a walk. Because these small acts of kindness can make a big difference and help us all feel less lonely. So, apologies for interrupting every radio station in the country. But if we interrupt the lives of those who are feeling alone, we can help lift them out of loneliness. That was the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge sending a message to listeners to 500 UK radio stations on Friday the 13th of May to mark Mental Health Awareness Week. Their contribution to the campaign to raise awareness of loneliness, which is the theme of Mental Health Awareness Week this year, was heard by millions of people and over the next hour we'll be hearing from a few normal individuals, not royalty, but people who've been kind enough to also contribute to the conversation that so many of us appear to be reluctant to have. I'm Julie Kissick, and this is the second of two special programmes to mark Mental Health Awareness Week here in the UK. Radio Glamorgan is a hospital radio station which can be accessed via smart speakers and online. Like many other stations, it provides company and comfort to many, in hospital and out. It's run by a passionate group of volunteers, and our mission is to provide entertainment, information and to be there for our listeners. We're on air 24-7 and we'd love for you to join us and be part of our community. We promise great music and we'll keep you company anytime you need us. So, before we delve into Mental Health Awareness Week proper, let's start the show with a superb track from Savage Garden and Affirmation.
From the heart of the Heath, serving the University Hospital of Wales, St David's Hospital and the Cardiff Royal Infirmary too, we are Radio Glamorgan. Claire Lewis works as a skilled operations operative in a meat factory. She was able to continue working during the pandemic because she was one of the many who was providing an essential service. She's also a huge football fan and a committee member on the Disabled Supporters Association at Swansea City Football Club. They offered support at a time when so many people's mental health was being affected. Claire was kind enough to talk to me about her experiences of living and working through the last couple of years, and of being an essential worker running a committee, and continuing her everyday normal life when so much of life was abnormal. I live alone. I was lucky enough to leave the house to go to work, so I wasn't working from home. So that so it got me out seeing people when it was when during those um, tough dark days at the start. That must have been quite frightening, I would imagine. It, it was scary times, but I just um, I'm a strong strong enough person anyway. But it was frightening because you you weren't seeing people. I think I spent um, I didn't go on the M4 for 106 days. You know, I didn't go to Swansea for I don't, didn't see family. I saw my father because he only lives a mile away. What did you find that people struggled with the most in terms of the lockdown situation and and the uncertainty that we've all lived through in the last few years? Luckily, we were doing Zoom calls. We were doing. Um, keeping in touch via email and via social media, but we are we're having um, coffee mornings on Zoom to make sure that we were we, we could see if people were okay. You know that helped, but from from you know from my perspective, it helped. You know, I was proud to be involved because we've got we had um, we did hampers over the. Um, Hampers, we delivered hampers, you managed to sort out, um, go shopping and 
put the hampers together as a committee and then we, we delivered them. So that was um, good um, part of Ju- um, length of July 2020. So, you know, that gave me a bit of, you know, that's one of the first times I went back to Swansea actually after um, since March. So, um, that year, so, it, you know, it ma- ma- makes me feel proud that I was doing something to help people. Absolutely. And I'm sure it made a huge difference. Did you personally experience loneliness? Personally, no, because luckily, I, I if I didn't have my job, which I thought was a saving grace at the time, and um, yes, I may have, but because I was going out to work every day, seeing people, making sure Dad and the family were okay, as well as myself, I was seeing people in work, so that got me through that part of it. There were other people who weren't so lucky that they had to go that they had to work from home. So that meant that they weren't seeing anybody. They were looking at four walls, which would if I was in that situation I think it would drive me insane. But luckily my job took me out of the house. What kind of experiences did you hear of from other people who suffered from loneliness as a result of the lockdown situation perhaps? Well, um, yes, a couple of people I've spoken to, you know, they were saying that they didn't have that opportunity. You know, they were stuck at home, stuck in a rut. Some people didn't have anybody to speak to other than when we were on the DSA committee and we were doing the Zooms, that, you know, it brought us together. When you're living with a disability, is there more of a sense of people not understanding you, for example? Um, yes, um, you know, if you if you've got you know if you've got a disability, people um, look down on you because of the job I do. Sometimes I um, felt that um, people were saying, "Oh, it's only a dead end job." Pre-lockdown, they were saying, "Oh, you only work in a um, in a meat processing plant. You know, it's a nothing job." But then, when I was going out to work when we were putting food on the table for people. Um, you know, the views, some people were, views actually changed on the job I do. And I managed to get gain some respect from people that previously looked down on me. That must have been one of the few positives to come out of that couple of years, I would imagine. Yes, yes it was. During lockdown, the only thing that changed for me was I didn't, wasn't going to football and I wasn't seeing people. Other than that, my work and, you know, phone calls, Zoom meetings, WhatsApp, social media, they all helped. And I, I guess keeping in touch means an awful lot, particularly when you live on your own. I live on, I, you know, I live on my own and I wasn't in a position to be able to, to go out to work, so I work from home. I found it incredibly debilitating. So I think to be able to have that routine, even though part of your life, as you say, wasn't normal, a big part of your life wasn't normal, to have that routine and be able to go to work and feel as though you're in those hours doing something that's normal must have made a big difference. A very big difference. I was working, going to work every day, as you say, a bit of normality in that dark period. You know, the, the, the thing that worried me was when I was out on the road, oh my God, am I, am I going to be pulled over by the police to have a report at four o'clock in the morning? Did you manage to see your dad throughout the pandemic? 
Yes, because I was um, because I was I only live a mile away, and I saw I popped over for food and everything when I was going shopping because I was allowed because I used to get stuff for him outside the door. That was hard not seeing him for four or five months. But you know, as I said, the phone calls, everything, you know, sticking. You know, even though I couldn't see him, I could only see him through a window. At least I know he was okay. From the heart of the Heath, serving the University Hospital of Wales, St David's Hospital and the Cardiff Royal Infirmary too, we are Radio Glamorgan.
From the heart of the Heath, serving the University Hospital of Wales, St David's Hospital and the Cardiff Royal Infirmary too, we are Radio Glamorgan. There's nobody like me. Nobody like me. Sometimes I felt like nobody likes me. I've got two sides, feels like two lives. I don't think anyone's loved both of them like me. I live with bipolar. Bipolar is my G. After 15 years, I was diagnosed with it, finally. I blacked out, episodes turned into seasons. I didn't want to be here, I couldn't find a reason until I found a reason. I never thought that I could find the strength in my weakness. It took seeing low points to realise how strong I am. It took looking back to see just how long I ran. Caribbean home, they loved me, but they didn't understand. I'd be lying if I said I didn't struggle, man but I'm so lucky I've been held by the most loving hands. I didn't want to be here, but life had some other plans because there's nobody like me. There's a really important message for all of us in that promotional video, which was produced by the mental health charity Mind. As part of its contribution to Mental Health Awareness Week, it's using spoken word to show the different ways people talk about their experiences of mental health. Mind also offers extensive support on its website, mind.org.uk. They run a confidential information line where an advisor is available to speak to anyone who contacts them. And they have local independent charities working across Wales and England, including Mind Cymru. Mind also offers a supportive online community called Side by Side, and you can find out all the details on their website. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All from my city, all from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that. Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. Come on, lock the way we rock it, so don't stop. And under the lights, when everything goes, nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we move, well, you already know. So just When you dance, dance, dance Feel a good, good creeping up on you So just dance, dance, dance Come on. All those things I shouldn't do But you dance, dance, dance And ain't nobody leaving soon So keep dancing I can't stop the feeling So just dance, dance, dance I can't stop the feeling So just dance, dance, dance Come on. Ooh, it's something magical It's in the air, it's in my blood Rushing on. I don't need no reason. Don't be control. I fly so high, no ceiling when I'm in my zone. Cause I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, back the way we rock it. So don't stop, stop, stop. 
Every day. Broadcasting from the largest hospital in Wales. We are Radio Glamorgan. Ask any professional sports person what life is like for them when they're away from the spotlight. And they'll often say theirs is a lonely existence. Travelling, training, winning, losing can all result in heightened emotions, highs and lows. But for those with dreams of making it to the top of their profession, who don't see their hard work bring the rewards they crave, there's often a lot of heartache, coupled with uncertainty and isolation. Aberystwyth Town's Owain Jones had signed for Swansea City and been out on loan with Yeovil when he was told he was being released in 2017. Five years on and life is looking positive, but he wants to see football clubs do more to support young players. Yeah, I think I saw Crystal Palace were, were piloting a scheme where they were um, you know, supporting their players up to three years after leaving and I think it's so crucial that that, that becomes the norm, not just a one-off because you know, I know a player, I, I myself struggled massively after leaving. Um, I've got best mates that have they've struggled after leaving different clubs and you know that can manifest into a number of different things and I think that it's not taken seriously enough in football um, and yeah a lot more needs to be done in my opinion. I think the period before actually joining was probably the hardest um, hardest time I've had in football and probably in life. Um, I didn't really want to play at that at that moment in time, so Merthyr was sort of like a lifeline for me in, in a football sense, and um, it made me happy being out there and playing. Um, I don't think it was a massive adjustment to men's football because I'd tasted a little bit of it before. In the first season, um, in pre-season, I, t- I tore my quad, which I tried playing through. Um, maybe you know, in hindsight, that was a bad decision. So. I missed a good chunk of the start of the season with that um, and then this past season in October I broke my foot so yeah it's been I've been unlucky with injuries so far I think I just take it take it as it comes really just keep enjoying it I think um, you know as long as I'm enjoying it then I think my best side on the pitch comes out so um, that's what I'm going to keep looking to do is just enjoying it and yeah whatever comes from that if anything you know, if I did have a resurgence and you know climb up the leagues, then I'd be delighted with it. But I'm not going to put too much pressure on it. 
I, I won't lie, it's always something I've wanted to do since leaving Swansea, since leaving Yeovil, was to get back in the Football League and, and have more Football League experiences. But, you know, like I said, I just want to keep enjoying it. You know, there's things off the pitch, obviously having a daughter and stuff, this changed my focuses a little bit and given me a bit more perspective. So um, I think I'll just keep enjoying it. And if anything comes with it, then I'll be delighted. In the second half of the programme, I'll be talking to three master's students. They're international students who have all made big sacrifices in order to be able to study in the UK. We'll be discussing the issues they faced with loneliness, all interspersed with some great music. So do stay with me here on Radio Glamorgan. On air, all day, every day. Broadcasting from the largest hospital in Wales. We are Radio Glamorgan. In the second half of the programme to mark Mental Health Awareness Week, we'll be talking to three international students, all studying visual journalism at the University of South Wales, But first, let's have some music. And what better way to start than Alicia Keys and This Girl Is On Fire. She's just a girl and she's on fire Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away
From the heart of the Heath, serving the University Hospital of Wales, St David's Hospital and the Cardiff Royal Infirmary too, we are Radio Glamorgan. Joining me for this part of the programme are three master's students from the University of South Wales. They're not any old master's students, they are international students. They are on the visual journalism course at the University of South Wales and there are two of them in the studio with me and one of them is remote so I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves first of all and we'll start with uh, our friend who's remote. Iman introduce yourself and tell us where you're from. Hi everyone I'm Iman and I'm from Pakistan and I'm studying in University of South Wales. Brilliant and tell us what brought you over here Iman. So um, the course, um, visual journalism, I was very much interested in journalism and then I had to um, apply for a course which suited me and my interest and all the way I came from Pakistan with my family and now I'm here enjoying my studies. And I've got Ale to my right, not that you can see her but she is to my right. Tell me or tell the listeners where you're from and what brought you over here. Hi, I'm Ale. I'm from Mexico and I brought I came here because of the program as well. I wanted to do a master's in journalism and I know the UK is the best in journalism and the program of visual journalism I just fell in love with and here I am. Excellent. That's a good plug for the course. Now Bree, can you do any better? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Bree. Um I'm originally from Hungary. Um I have a bit different story compared to the other two girls. So I lived in London for five years where I completed my undergraduate studies and then moved to Cardiff um, two years ago. And then I decided to further um, nurture my skills. So I decided to go with visual journalism, which I thought would uh, give me that extra boost for my future career. The reason I've asked you to join me for this programme is because this is a programme that's going out on Mental Health Awareness Week and it struck me when we were chatting in a class a couple of weeks ago, one of the themes for this week or the key theme for this week is loneliness and one of the things that struck me about people like yourselves who have uprooted yourselves and physically moved not just to another part of the country as we would say in in the UK but actually another part of the world in order to to study is actually probably people like you who experience loneliness and the potential impact that that might have on on your mental health probably in a way that a lot of people who have never had that experience wouldn't know. We chatted and you were very accommodating and agreed to to talk to me about your sort of personal experiences. So if I go around the other way this time and start with you, Brie, what sort of loneliness do you think you have encountered as an international student? And what, if any, impact has that had on your mental health? Uh, so I think I experienced different ways of loneliness one of them obviously being homesick and missing my family as i moved to the uk alone 
uh, didn't have any family members with me really, neither friends. Um, so that was, at times it felt really lonely and I felt really down and I just, sometimes I really just wanted to go home even though I couldn't. So I think that was, that was pretty hard at times and it hit me, especially I would say around Christmas time, when obviously it's that feeling that you are together with your family and then everyone is together. I didn't have that for years. I couldn't go home for Christmas. So those times were pretty hard on me. And I think that that uh, was really bad for my mental health. Uh, the other one I would say probably um, for loneliness was um, just the fact that when I, for example, studied um, at my undergraduate course, uh, all my course mates were British, not not the type. It's a problem, but because they obviously made friends with each other much easier than with me, I was always left alone. I was left out whenever they went to a party or they went to, out to get food. No one ever invited me and I I felt pretty lonely at those times. I didn't have any friends really during for, for three years during university. Um, so I found that hard as well. And honestly, I just got used to it after a while. I think there is that point, not maybe not with everyone, but I felt like after a while I try to get over it and then I just try to sort of enjoy my time with myself, if that makes any sense. Um, and I just try to obviously make friends at other places wherever I could, even if it was at work or through friends from work. Um, and then that's how I try to improve my mental health. And I think that worked. And also obviously trying to stay in touch with, with my family, even if it was just uh, through the phone. And I think that helped me. That shows, I think, a great deal of resilience. And I think that's that's something that an awful lot of international students, even though you might not feel as if you do, a lot of you show that in ways that, that probably you don't appreciate. Does that sound like a fair summary? Yeah, I think so. You need to, if you decide to pack up and go to a different country, not necessarily to study, even if it's just to work or just see the world whatever the reason uh, you will need that resilience I think because obviously you you might feel alone a lot of times because for whatever reason you might not make friends or you think you made friends but then it turns out they're not really your friends um, so you will need that that uh, resilience and then be sort of mentally strong even though after a while it, it might be hard or just at the beginning maybe and then you need to pick yourself up in any way that helps you. For me, for example, listening to music always helped me a lot or just, I don't know, I, I really liked back in the days looking back at old memories from home, which always took me back and it made me feel better. So I think that's a way that, that can help. And what, what was your experience, Ali? Well, for me, I think it was very similar to Breeze because I also came here by myself, without my parents, without my family or my friends. And even though I have a cousin who lives in Scotland and they've been very helpful with me and very welcoming and I have felt at home there. There are 40 Mexicans approximately in Cardiff and I know two of them. And even though I am, I have Latin friends and everything, you miss the culture and you miss because Mexican Spanish is very, I think it's very different than the rest of Spanish. And you miss that side of the, that part of the culture, even though I do have contact with people back home and everything. It's just, 
missing friends as well and of course your family but the culture and the food as well I think that goes inside of culture but I will add it anyways because I miss tacos very much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean being far away from everything and just for me it's six hour difference from Mexico so there are times where I can barely speak to anyone back home although I try to stay in contact with everyone my friends my family I speak to them every day, even if it's just from, through messages, texting or whatever. Sometimes I speak with them over the phone or video call or stuff like that, and that helps me. I will never see pictures of anything because it, it just makes me feel sadder and miss everyone more, so I just block that part of myself. Iman, what, what was your experience? Is it similar to the other girls? Your situation was different because you came over, as you said, with your family. Yes, um, it is somehow um, similar to them, because although I came with my family, with my children, with my husband, but then, um, you know, um, you had festivals, um, cultural festivals, uh, just like, um, you know, we talked about Christmas, so we had our Eid, and uh, mostly um, in our country, we're all together with our uh, mom and dad and everybody around, the family members, the relatives, but then over here, you had, uh, you know, the um, festival all by yourself and also a life here is very busy in other country it's a new settlement for everybody it is like starting from zero from a scratch so definitely one has to struggle uh, more than uh, somebody living here for a long time or somebody born here has to struggle so for us um, we are in the race and this race has actually given us um, this puts us in stress as well and we sometimes although might be having people around but we feel lonely and um, this is not easy um, it is challenging, uh, but then we have to sort out our ways how we are going to help ourselves because um, not only us, but the people who get, you know come with us, like my children, they do feel um, this thing as well. And I've seen one of my ch one of my children, uh, my sons. Um, he is like because he's from a different culture, and it's not easy for him to make friends in school. Although everybody's welcoming, the teachers are very supportive, but um, you know, for little ones, it is not easy as well. So how would you overcome your loneliness? What sort of tools do you use? So we have to, um, you know, start making friends and start accepting that we are in a new culture. This is a new country. Everything is different. It is not as, you know, things had been in our country. And when we start accepting this thing, that's one step forward. And then we start making friends, talking to people. And um, obviously people are welcoming, you know, here. And also um, we have to, uh, you know, talk to ourselves, uh, which is to convince ourselves, you know, because we have come here for a good purpose, for a purpose in life. And um, we have to be in the race, which we cannot deny. Um, but uh, we have to give time to ourselves as well, which uh, means that sometimes going out in a park, enjoying the nature as as UK is a country with, uh, you know, natural beauty. So we have to be with the nature as well, take out time for ourselves as um, much as we can and uh, be with our family, with our children, be with the, uh, you know, friends which we make 
also with someone, uh, you know, the neighbors and talking to them, talking to strangers, learning about them while traveling in a bus or by train, you know. So these are the times we need to start talking to people because it's not just us. There are many people who need to talk to someone. I have found many people who love to talk to other humans and they are perhaps looking for someone like us as well. So loneliness is everywhere and we need to come out of it because of technology, loneliness has increased a lot. On air, all day, every day. Broadcasting from the largest hospital in Wales, we are Radio Glamorgan. One of the things that is probably very different when you are an international student is knowing how to access support. And we talked, didn't we, after after the class a couple of weeks ago about the importance of universities supporting international students and and giving perhaps a bit more significant input in terms of where you could access support. Have you needed support? Have you been able to find support? We like to think that we're a friendly bunch, us Welsh, but we might not be friendly enough all of the time. I think Welsh people are very, very nice and I've, I have felt very supported, but in the end, I'm going through a horrible, horrible breakup, <laughs> which makes me very sad, but I laugh it out because that's just the way I try to be. <laughs> um, but it's also a thing that even though I am surrounded with people who are very supportive of me, I did access uh, the mental health assessment people here in USW and they were very helpful and I'm sure they have a lot of people to help out and it did take a while for them to to find a therapist for me for real treatment and in the end it was easier for me to access someone back in Mexico via Zoom or Skype or whatever because also it's the same culture and even though my English is okay, sometimes I struggle. As you guys have seen in class, sometimes I start thinking in Spanish and I have to stop myself and translate back to English. And if that happens in class where I know what I'm doing and I know maybe I get confused or whatever, but I know more what I want to say with my emotions, it's more complex to to narrow them down and to think, oh, yes, that's what I'm feeling now. I'm going to say it in English. So I find it's easier. It was easier for me to do it in Spanish and to find a therapist. And I'm lucky enough to have my parents help me out with that instead of having to say the whole story again in English and start from scratch with a new therapist, even though it might be free. I don't know. And culturally, is it something that you would do automatically would you automatically feel if you're going through a really difficult time as sadly you have been is it something that you would automatically do to enlist the help of a therapist or do you think you had to do that because you were physically away from a lot of the people that would have normally supported you well I've always been interested in therapy and I actually wanted to go into therapy before I came to the UK because I was going through a lot of anxiety and I wasn't able to sleep well and I had like nervous dermatitis which I get all over my skin I get super itchy and stuff and I wanted to treat it through therapy but then I was also my life was very messy because I was saying goodbye to everyone and I wanted to eat all of the tacos available for me before I came here and it's not a joke. I have pictures of me eating every taco I wanted to eat before I came here. <laughs> and unpacking and like getting the visas and getting everything I needed that I just figured I don't want to 
have another thing in my mind that I have to go to therapy, even though I wanted to, it was another thing that I didn't want to worry about. And when I came here, I was just very happy that I was uh, making my dreams come true of studying in another part of the world and in the UK where I always wanted to live. And I just knew, well, when the breakup happened, that's when I knew that I, I really, I wanted, I, I needed it now. I didn't know how bad exactly it was going to get, but I, I knew it was better for me if I just accessed therapy as fast as I could. And I think we broke up on a Sunday, I think, or Monday. And I called for therapy on Monday. But then the whole thing happened that I had to wait for a while and things got worse until I, I, I figured, like, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm just going to call someone back home and... I'm not going to keep on waiting because this is getting worse than I thought it would. No, I mean, if maybe if I would have thought that before, like the day I we broke up, maybe things would have been a bit better. But I don't know, things happen and I have no control, even though I would love to have control over everything. That's not the way life works. No, no, sadly, you're, you're right there. And Brie, what would you say to people who are in a similar position to all of you guys having been international students or travellers, what are the important things for them to remember when they're trying to access support or support themselves even? Well, I think, first thing first, I think it might depend on the culture or the country you're coming from, uh, because obviously in some countries, all these, like talking about mental health and all this is still not accepted. Um, I'm not sure how it is actually at the moment in Hungary. Obviously, there are some controversial things going on in Hungary in, in all aspects. So this might be one of them. I'm not sure about it. But I think I think our generation is getting very open about it. And, and that's great. Um, and that's what we, we actually need to remember. And then uh, also just to... What I would say is um, be open to ask for help. Because obviously, if you realize that you... you as Ali said, that she realized it's just getting worse and worse, the situation. If it's something like that, uh, just don't be afraid to, to ask for help. I'm I'm actually really sure that in this country, in the UK, there's more and more specialists in, in these cases for mental health issues, um, therapists, and if you, worst case scenario, if you need medication or anything, I'm, I'm sure you can reach out to the right people. So I would say don't be afraid to do that. Also, it might be hard sometimes, but you need to be open to to make new friends and meet new people, as as Iman said as well, because that's a big that's a big part of the whole thing. So I think that helped me a lot as well to to just meet new people, even if it's like as I said, even if it's just work or like even at uni, you might run into people who you don't think you would click at first, but you you might become great friends, and just you need to be open to those. Of course, there might be people who who don't like to talk about it. I personally, I don't, I never talked about like my issues to anyone really. I'm I'm the sort of person who bottles everything up and it's just put it on the shelf basically. Um, so I just tried to solve it myself. I think I did, um, or I just knew how to, how to uh, manage it after a while, because as I said, mostly when I felt really lonely was around like Christmas time and in the winter. So I just I just learned how to get over it, uh, which is also a way, but I think it's still better to talk to uh, family even or friends, even if they are like thousands of miles away, might still be helpful just to call them like, hey, I miss you or how are you? Just try to catch up. 
And I think that um, that openness is a really important factor, isn't it? It's about um, realising that everybody goes through difficult times and everybody goes through periods in their life where they don't feel in control of things or they don't feel on top of things. But often, and I'm I'm very much in, in your camp in terms of bottling things up, and I've learnt over my life, and obviously I've been around a few years longer than you have, and I think it was probably lockdown that did it for me. If I don't tell people how I'm feeling, then I'm not going to get the support that I need, because how will people know? Iman, from a, from a cultural perspective, is it something that you've had to adapt to, being open about your mental health as much as anything else? Yes, obviously. So I'm coming from that part of the world where mental health, um, there is still struggle going on to uh, make people understand and uh, people need to realize that mental health is equally important as physical health. And we need to talk about it openly and we need to accept it. We need to know that there is stress and anxiety and then there are issues with mental health which we face. So um, this was in my entire life for the first time I have taken a therapy in the UK and I still cannot share it with my family because they might assume, uh, which is a stigma around mental health, that you're taking therapy. So for them, it might not be, you know, um, acceptable because they might think, okay, um, are you okay? I mean, is there any other issue with you? Or maybe, um, you know, some mental health bigger mental health, major mental health issue with me, they might assume. So um, um, I believe uh, just like physical health, we have mental health issues. We do face, um, you know, all of these challenges uh, challenges in life. And just as uh, Julie, um, uh, you know, said, that everyone has to go through tough times in life. But we have to accept and we have to talk about it. We need to discuss it with people. And we need to make the right choices. Might be a wrong choice, but then we have to go for another choice, make another choice. And once we are open about it, uh, definitely we can get help. So I have got support in the UK when I, my family was in tough times and I couldn't cope with it on my own. So I discussed it with somebody and I in, in my university, in my uni. So University of South Wales helped me and provided me mental health support. And it really helped me to come out of and to be strong enough to fight the issues I were having and to just, I mean, nothing can solve your issues, but, uh, you know, it makes, it gives you strength. Thank you very yeah. much for sharing your stories. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Any one of us can feel lonely anytime, anywhere. We can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Some of us are more at risk than others, but research has shown that millions of us feel lonely some or all of the time. And long-term loneliness can make us feel anxious or depressed and have a serious effect on our mental health. Yet while millions of us experience feelings of loneliness, we can still find it hard to talk about. One in five of us hide our feelings of loneliness from others. It can be hard, but there are things we can do for ourselves and for others. Acknowledging we've all been there is a start. And by coming together, we can tackle loneliness. We can also help influence policy, support each other, and help prevent mental health problems.
This Mental Health Awareness Week, we want to let everyone living with loneliness know that their mental health matters. And together, we can make change happen. From the heart of the Heath, serving the University Hospital of Wales, St David's Hospital and the Cardiff Royal Infirmary too, we are Radio Glamorgan.